That was so ugly. I don't give a shit. Uh, how's it going? Um, yeah, I'm still on vacation, but it's winding down. And this is the part where I get very sad. Because... <laughs> It's like it's back to motherfucking reality, you know. I mean, I still have tomorrow off. Tomorrow is Labor Day. But, you know, I have to leave my lovely space bubble that has harnessed me in this nice little moment and go back to of which that I don't want to go back to. So, um, yeah, there's that. Um... But you know what? Let's just let's just get on with it, shall we? We've got some things to talk about here. Da -da -da -da. There it is. What's the vibe today? I'm talking about what's the vibe? What's the vibe today? I'm talking about what's the vibe? What's the vibe today? I'm talking about what's the vibe. wants the vibe <laughs> okay <coughs> oh, shit so as I mentioned the last episode you know we're gonna start really trying to focusing on a specific topic uh, each episode just to kind of you know keep things like in the move like I said I'm <laughs> I'm trying to keep this fucking podcast going because I know in my heart of hearts that it could possibly go somewhere or, you know, if in the long run, it would just be like a, um, an audio diary of, you know, this time in my life where I struggled and, you know, I used to think that, you know, when you're in your twenties, it's a time of, and it is a time of exploration but, you know, I was in high school thinking that, you know, when I got in my 20s that I was going to be really, truly living life and being happy and being better than I was when I was getting bullied and shit. And if nothing else, the, the school bullies are away from me, but my own self is now a bully and I have a hard time figuring how to navigate that. So, which leads to... A nice segue into what we're talking about today's topic is why am i and this and this may be you too but this is mainly me why am i so afraid to be positive about things and it's a loaded topic because i've literally dissected this shit over and over and over again over the course of eight years eight years of fucking therapy so and I still don't really know the true answer like the like the hard nitty-gritty fact of it all it's like a, a culmination of things a combination of of different things that I've discovered about myself over the time period and that it's deep within the present and that's why I'm at the heart of my own struggle and I cannot seem to get past it when it comes to losing weight when it comes to you know finding a career that's rewarding for me when it's when it comes to finding my own space and getting my own apartment um just me developing past this stage and sidetrack but not sidetrack it also relates to the type of books and media and stuff that you also involve yourself in. Like for the longest, of course, I'm a, a huge reader. For the longest, I had gotten stuck in like the young adult um, coming of age, teenage type of books to where now I'm more more adult books. But I got stuck in this 
pattern where I kept just wanting to read these specific type of books because as I started to think about my own self it was mainly because I felt like I was missing something from that part of my life like the coming of age years between you know your teenage years like you're 13 all the way until 19 and you know those developmental years just seemed very lost to me because I became consumed in one friendship that was very toxic to me and very um you know took a lot of energy out of me because I was tr I was trying to preserve this person more so than preserve myself and then on top of trying to help this person out and you know preserve them and help them I was still getting bullied on top of that and I was still struggling excuse me I was still struggling with a lot of my own uh, pain at home and and just like I said my my own self-esteem and well-being and developmental skills um, were stunted so like I want to say between maybe the ages of 20 and 26 the type of books that I would read for just you know for pleasure um you know outside of my studies I would be constantly stuck in this pattern of wanting to read nothing but young adult and slash teenage stories when I've obviously aged past the teenage age you know what I mean so my development my my skill set um I felt very stunted I still feel very stunted and that's also one of the things that um, that revolves around it because I also feel like I've always been a late bloomer. You know, I, I've been a loner for the longest because a lot of different things that, you know, normal teenagers, normal kids did, you know, I just didn't do. I didn't go to prom, okay? I didn't give a sh and not even... Not even that. I didn't really give a shit about prom. I, all the little homecoming, all, all of the, the, the fucking uh, extracurricular activities that people were involved in and were excited about, I didn't give a shit about. The only thing that really made me give a shit about it or, you know, made me think about it or even want to do it uh, was because the my peers were doing it. And it seems like, well, that's a normal thing to want because we're in this environment. So let's, you know, go there. And I'm saying all this because I'm setting up a premise here. I know it may seem like I'm way off topic, but I'm setting up the premise here. And it's because of this pattern of constantly knowing for myself that I was different, that I was not of the same crowd that people did not like me and that constantly bullied me for the little things like things of my appearance and the groups of things that I like to do I was a theater kid I was you know in decorous um you know constantly being picked on I started to just think well this is just how it is and then later on in life, when, you know, like I was talking about in the last episode, how, um, well, I, I tried to be normal. I tried to go from from undergrad college to um, to get into a master's program. And, you know, I looked at different programs that I thought I could get into. And I, you know, studied for the GRE and I took it three fucking times. And, you know, I mean, honestly, if somebody other than me would probably be more determined and be like, no, I'm not going to give up until I actually get in to a program. Me, I'm like, I'll try to a certain degree. And then when I see, when I see, not if, when I see that it's not going to work out in my favor, I'm done. Like, I'd switch to something else. And so... 
the main part of where I'm getting to with this is that when you have a history that follows you from everything, whether it's um, your schooling, your friendships, your quote unquote romantic relationships, when you have a following that shit falls apart before it can even really get started, then you just become, you know, defaulted, I'll say, to not believe anything really positive comes about. And one thing that my therapist always challenges me on is to uh, try to think of one thing that is positive out of it. And it's like, it's very minimal, but I'll, I'll try just for the sake of trying because I'm in, I'm in the session and we're, you know, we're talking and shit. And it's just like, part of me in my brain just does not want to go there. There's something that blocks off wanting to be positive because it just seems the moment that I give into that and I allow myself to hope for something or to think that something's going to go the way that I want it to go, the moment that I do that, it goes the complete opposite. For instance, when I first started looking at an apartment or looking at apartments, I'm going in this with hardly any research. I just know that I have a problem. I want to fix it. Here's the solution. And majority of the time, I try to look at things like, like I'll try to research, but sometimes I don't feel like researching so deeply. But obviously throughout the process, I needed to research more. So I looked at things, I looked at the prices of things. I looked at what I could afford, what I have, what I make. And I determined that this particular apartment that I went for was going to work out. I thought I had a reasonably, you know, amount that I could do it with. And also, not to brag, but I've got a pretty good credit score, which is, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, one, you know, one thing that, you know, is going to follow you throughout life anyway. So I thought, okay, I have a pretty good chance. I won't say that it was like a hundred percent guaranteed, but I had a, I had a, in my head, I had a pretty good chance. I had a positive, uh, spin on this. And I thought that this could work out in my favor. Turns out, of course, that I was completely wrong. I was completely blindsided and it was an epic failure, like fucking dumpster fire <laughs> disaster. And so, um, and then after that, you know, the more research that I did, it just, it just kept, the fire just kept growing. Um, and then you just see me as the, the meme of the, of the dog just sitting there with the fire going around and like, this is fine. This is, this is fine. <laughs> It was just crazy. Just, I, I, you know, that's the, that's just one of the main things about being positive that I just always have had hit whole, hit a wall against because the moment I let myself hope the moment that I feel like things are going to go in the right direction, um, the moment that I let myself feel for something and it, it doesn't even have to be something like a person or, you know, you know, with a relationship. I mean, just like feel for something that's important to me, like the apartment, uh, apartment hunting and, you know, different job searchings. I, I mean, I, I remember when I um, thought that I had finally found my dream job, meaning like Despite of the fact that I uh, don't have my master's degree, I had a job opportunity for a community counseling type job. And, you know, I had a foot in the door because I could be uh, what's known as a parapro. 
and I could earn those credits and, you know, work with uh, the, the licensed therapists um, and, you know, be, like I said, be basically like an assistant to them. And <laughs> I'm not going to fucking like lay all out the, the drama of it all. But let me just say this. There is nothing more devastating than that one for me. I'm still sore about that. I'm still sore about that. And that happened two years ago because not only did the person that was a director basically shame me and embarrassed me, but the whole thing as a whole, the way they structured things was very sketchy and I fell for it hook, line, and sinker, and I felt like a fucking idiot. And I still am hurtful or hurt about that situation because I thought that I, you know, finally made it. Despite of all of the, the trials and tribulations, we all have those, hear those stories where you think, oh shit, this is it. You know, this is the moment, you know, all the tears and, you know, all the stress and, and, and depression was worth this. This moment right here. Thought I had made it. And I was scammed. And. Like I said, I, I didn't. I wasn't ever going to say anything about that situation. And like I said, I won't name any names for obvious reasons, but that situation hurt me to the core of me because it was my dream job. Supposedly, it was my dream job. And... Just like any breakup with a, you know, a person that hit me to the core. And like I said, I still really haven't gotten over it. It's been put away in my, the back of my brain lying dormant, obviously. But, you know, as you can hear in my voice, bringing it up now, it brings real... Real feelings out of me and um, <clears throat> I'm still angry and I'm still sad about that and so after something like that you don't ever want to feel positive about something like that again I don't ever want to be fooled like I was fooled when it came to that so I'll talk more about this as we conclude um, but I just wanted to start off the subject because I know it's not just me I know that there's people out there that share the same exact memes that I do on Facebook and, it, it, and that's another thing it's very um, self-damaging to do that to share these self-deprecating memes um, but I do it anyway I do it anyway because it's just an impulse I'm on there I'm scrolling and I see something that I can relate to I share it and then somebody that also relates to it shares it again but it's not good and it's only perpetuating the negative and the negative spirit that's in me. <sighs> Which also leads farther away from the goals and the desires of what I as a human being, I as a woman want to achieve. So, like I said, going to go on a lighter subject now. Um, but I just wanted to start that off. We'll finish that up on the mellow message. 
And now, <clears throat> something a little lighter. It's your designated dream time. All right, so designated dream time. Um, what did I dream about? Ah, well, let me. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm laughing because it just, I don't know. Let me, let me just lay it out. Let me just lay it out. So as we've said, you know, earlier in the other podcast episode, um, Chadwick Boseman died about a week ago uh, from colon cancer. Again, rest in peace to him. But... And I've had dreams about celebrities a lot, you know, dreams about celebrities I think are cute, you know, all that stuff. I've even had dreams about, um, you know, ones that have already died um, that were, like I said, very um, special to me, like Aaliyah, Selena, um, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, um, these monumental people and, uh, and, you know, that were they were monumental to me because I constantly listened to their music. Um, and so <laughs> I had a dream about Chadwick and Chadwick still living and breathing, but him and I being in a relationship. <laughs> so, but you know, the thing about it is his aesthetic you know him as a person you know what he stood for um i mean in all honesty it's just basically just a a dream that says to me that i had a dream about that because one he was a person that uh you know really truly affected a lot of people uh everyone to some degree And two, um, you know, in short, he was my ideal guy. Uh, From his, you know, physical aesthetic, you know, he's not too big, you know, masculine. Although I do like um, guys with big muscles, but I don't like too big. You know, he had lean muscle um you know dark skin very handsome face uh his mannerisms the way he carried himself you know like i said he he was like in my head an ideal guy so it makes perfect sense as to why i had a dream that i was in a relationship with him um and you know, basically what I gather from the dream, because the sad part is towards the end, um, I saw him fade away. And I literally saw him like physically fade away, like he'd stripped away from, you know, um, his muscles. Then you could see his bones. And then, you know, um, you know, finally just nothing. You know, I saw like nervous system and blood. It was it was crazy. But basically, I saw his physical form uh, fade away in the dream towards the end. So, I mean, (laughs) I know I said this was supposed to be a lighter topic, but it's really not because he's, you know, gone. But I I just (laughs) listen, you guys, all I can say is I'm not a uh, I'm not a happy person. I'm not a happy camper. I'm not. Um, light and fluffy like I used to be I may look light and fluffy <laughs> with the fat but I'm not and it's just you know what I'm, I'm gonna stop apologizing for it I hope that you'll still want to listen because the message that I'm giving is that this is a real um, this is a real live picture 
of what it means to go through therapy and to really truly work through the damage of a person's mental health and trying to fix it. It's not a pretty, it's not pretty. And everything about self-help in the industry that they push, they try to make it look like it's fluffy and oh, you just gotta do uh, self-help and everything will be fantastic. But do you understand what self-help means? It's not just taking a, a luxurious bubble bath and saying ohm or meditating every two seconds. It's just, it's, it's really fucking hard and terrible. And sometimes it can be re-traumatizing because you're having to bring up the, re, the, the, you know, the traumatization that you've already been through. It's just, it's not positive. And that's what I'm talking about today. And um, so, yeah, I mean, as far as the dream goes, it was a very, it was a very, it was a very nice dream. It was a very um, poetic dream. And speaking of poetic, (laughs) segue, segue, let's do it. Okay, now this is more on the lighter side. <laughs> like I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just mean. So you know, either you like listening or you don't. But again, I still haven't really been writing poems, so you know, you're just gonna be hearing excerpts from the new story. I read the part of the first chapter uh, to you guys, so now I'm gonna read part of this second chapter. And it's called uh, A Mysterious Encounter. And so basically, um, at this point, he's already met my character, uh, Riley. And uh, they are talking and she's, you know, um, you know, he's trying to, to see if she can, you know, allow herself to invite him into her home um oh shit you know what no let me start from the end of the first chapter and I'll and I'll read this part because like I said the most one of the most important parts of this is the description of my character's house it's very significant and it's very important to me because it's honestly like my ideal house like you know what I want for my future house to look like so let me see if I can find it real quick by the way that jingle that I did it for the 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 designated dream time I constantly do that little jingle in my head all the time. <laughs> so that's coming from a real like thing in my head. But anyway, um, where is it? Okay, I'll just read from this the end part and then go to the next one. So, (laughs) the house was painted purple with turquoise polka dots. I had never seen such a thing in my life. She had four dream catchers hanging on her porch where most would have wind chimes. She had a few deck chairs and a small fire pit. She had, tre- she had trees surrounding the house and what seemed like a protective barrier, almost as if the trees were hugging the house. I was about to say that I would just get out of her hair and leave, but something told me I couldn't just walk away so easily. So I went to the easiest lie I could think of. Do you have any coffee? And so that's where I leave off on the, the last 
or the first chapter. And so it goes into the next one. And <laughs> so the top of uh, a mysterious encounter. You're fucking kidding me, right? What? You don't like coffee? That's like this generation's can I borrow some sugar? You're not accustomed to conversations and flirting, are you? Not when I see through someone's bullshit. I'm a fucking therapist. I see through all of this. Now, that was something I was not expecting. She seems like she hates people, especially those of us of the male species. How is she a therapist? Well, I have some observations of my very own. Well, Miss Riley, she pointed to me and poked me in the chest. She looked no taller than five in, or five O. So she, or five foot feet. So she really had to reach high to poke me. Well, Miss Riley, I don't see why we can't have a, have just a conversation. Well, I didn't yell at you. Hold on. Well, Miss Riley, I don't see why we can't just have a conversation. Well, I didn't yell at you, Miller. So what? So I didn't yell at you so that you can come and have a conversation. I would like for you to leave. Is that really what you want me to do? Yes. What the fuck? Are you deaf? If that's true, why have you even? Hold on. See, this is why. <laughs> <laughs> try to read for comprehension and read for uh enjoyment anyway uh if that's true then why have you been looking at my lips she was stunned for maybe a few milliseconds then said fine you can get your fucking coffee but don't touch anything you sit on that couch and that's it oh and miller just so you know this house is packing and I do know how to use every one of my weapons with such lightning speed and precision that you won't even realize you've been hit. Got it? A man lesser than I would have jumped at it to throw in her face that I had caught her looking at my lips laying out that there was an attraction there. But I was too curious. There's something about her that I haven't, I haven't, I have never seen before. The attitude towards men is common from what I see she's harmless, but obviously hurt. I may not be a therapist, but it's pretty easy to see. She allowed me into her house to continue our conversation. Just as the outside was intriguing, um, but, uh, but the inside was hypnotizing. The living room was purple and gray. There was a gray couch and a gray and purple carpet. She led me into the kitchen where, which was turquoise, but had a blue vase, had a purple vase in the middle of the kitchen island table. To the side, she had a booth table by the window with a purple vase that sat in the middle as well. She pulled out several bags of different kinds of coffee. Pick your poison. Are you actually going to poison me? Maybe. Here's your chance to leave before I do. So then the crime would be considered premeditated. Is this how you hook all your women? Because it's really fucking annoying. Since you asked so nicely, I'll choose this one and I'll take it with a light, sh with light sugar. Did I offer you sugar? No, but I hope maybe you'd allow it. She rolled her eyes. Please tell me that your wife is looking for you or something. Is that your way of finding out my status? I hold out my hands. No ring, miss. That'll mean shit. You probably took the ring off. Wow, you are really this bitter or is it just a guy's? Fuck off. You're the one who wanted coffee. And she put in air quotes. Well, I would make it I would make it myself, but you said not to touch anything except the couch. Exactly. But I don't trust you sitting in there by yourself. So, you have a bunch of friends? Ha ha, actually I do, wise ass. The coffee made the coffee was made and she handed me a small packet of sugar. Here, now go sit in the living room. You're trusting me now? Don't make me regret it. I'll be there in two seconds. One, two, I laughed. 
she is she had sat a flat screen wait what she had a flat screen mounted on the wall and underneath was a dresser that had a few pictures there was some of a group there was some of her with a group of people in belly dancer costumes once that looked one that looked like a performance and then a selfie of her and her best friend probably i sit i sit the coffee down on the purple coffee table and look around she comes in and sits and sits down and says i'm really shocked you're still here are you actually wanting a session because i don't do them at my house no but we can just have a can we just have a normal conversation (laughs) so you see how i'm i'm writing this is basically a bunch of banter back and forth and um their first encounter with each other is just a clash but it's also pretty comical um so you know the whole point of this story to me is you know it's you're trying to figure out who in who in fact is the loner you would assume that it's riley but it may not be riley so that's that's basically how i'm writing it to be so uh (laughs) i want to read that part again (laughs) because it just it's fun to me it's funny to me um let me start back pick your poison are you actually going to poison me maybe here's your chance before here's your chance to leave before i do so then the crime would be considered premeditated is this how you hook all your women because this is really fucking annoying since you asked so nicely i'll choose this one and take it with light sugar did i offer you sugar no but i hope you would allow it I'm sorry, but anyway, yes. So that is a excerpt from the new story. I wrote another chapter while I've been on vacation. So hopefully this keeps me in some light spirits. But anyway, going to now do the very last section. If I can find it, where's that? Okay. Here we go. It's your mellow message. It's your mellow message. Your mellow message. Your mellow message. Your mellow message. It's your mellow message. So here it is. Basically, the heart of everything when it comes to worrying about or avoiding or not trying to be quote-unquote positive is just mainly because I don't want to look foolish I don't want to be let down I don't want to get my hopes up and then as soon as I do everything crashes now some people who are more and maybe they are more developed. I, I was going to say I don't want to say more developed, but maybe they are more developed than I am or have a stronger sense of a pur- of purpose than I do or feel. Uh, would say that, yeah, you get knocked down, but you have to get back up. You have to keep going. You have to keep trying. You have to, you know, still be positive that there's something better out there for you. And I get that. No, I mean, I I seriously do. I I get that. But my thing is, to me, those things are just too devastating to keep going through. Like I said, the, the job aspect of it, that was heartbreaking. That was a dream job. That was hopeful. And the type of money that I was supposed to be making from that job, I never made. So it just... It was so crushing. And there's a reason why, you know, we have, I mean, hell, even from our our most basic cellular, you know, type of thing, you know, our, our 
bodies go through traumas, you know, car crashes and accidents, whatever. And the body has its own healing mechanisms. But the thing about it is, once the traumas happened, it's never the same. I fucked up my knee. And the funny part is, I used to be a, a gymnast. used to do gymnastics all the fucking time from like age four to like age 16. And I never once got injured. Like I fell a bunch of times, but I never fucked up nothing. I never, like all the other girls that, you know, did hardcore flips and shit and, you know, fucked up different um, body parts. I never injured my body. What did I do to injure my knee and fuck up my knee? I did Zumba, bitch. Zumba. <laughs> so today it still makes me laugh at how stupid that shit is. But basically the point I'm getting to is that I fucked up my knee in 2013. Uh, what it was called is a solar plex. Basically, I, I you know, the, the cartilage, it... The, the cap popped up, popped out of the car, uh, around the cartilage and twisted all the way around and then popped itself back in. And the thing about that is, uh, like I said, physically, your body heals, but it's never the same. And so, you know, my, my knee still creaks, you know, it still, you know, does certain things. But it's, ne it's never going to be the same as it was before I fucked it up. And so my main point here is when it comes to something mentally or emotionally that's like that traumatic, it's never, it's never the same. And so after that whole ordeal with that particular job that I had such high hopes for that I was so positive about that I was crushed when it fell through and when I had to make a tough decision to leave that because it just, it wasn't going anywhere. And then later on, you know, I got fired from a job that, that's, you know, a first for me. Um, I've always been a person to just want to stay under the radar. You know what I mean? Like, I've never really, like, I, I'm, I'm cool if you give me, like, accolades and awards or whatever the fuck, but I just don't want to get in trouble. And so when that happened, that was also pretty bad too. I mean, other people get fired from jobs all the time and they don't really give a shit, but I do. I do care. And it was very hurtful when that happened. And so every time after that, you know, when I have something that happens where, you know, I'm in this, I'm in this particular job right now and, you know, just at any time, every time, anytime they, they say something, I'm like, am I in trouble? You know, what's going to happen? Am I going to get fired? You know, it's just, I'm, I'm constantly battling that, um, that inevitable feeling of doubt and despair. And so the thing about being afraid to be positive about anything, honestly, when it comes to anything for me, relationships, let's not even go there because that's just... Let me tell you something real quick. Um, when it comes to me and relationships, them shits in before they really even get a chance to start. And that's just fact for me. And, you know, so something always happens. I don't care what it is. I was supposed to, and I'll never forget because I've told plenty of people uh, that I'm close to the the same story i was supposed to go on a on a date with somebody uh for and i i'm pretty sure i told this story for the valentine's day um podcast episode but i was supposed to go with somebody on a valentine's day date uh you know back in 2013 no 2014 2014 
And this motherfucker not only stood me up, but didn't talk to me the whole weekend because that was supposed to be the thing. And it's just... And then broke things off with me in a fucking work email. So I'm just... I don't know if I'm cursed. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I just know that my thing here is that I don't want to to give in to being and I know this sounds horrible or fucked up or whatever but it's just it's just my truth I don't want to give in to being positive to something or getting my hopes up for something for it to just not work out it's so much easier and so much um more realistic to me to just always be prepared for the worst because it's just (laughs) the type of people that are you know truly just optimistic and you know um the word trying to think of words here truly committed I'll say because there's a better word for this but I'll stick with committed for right now that are true devoted there we go that are truly devoted to keeping strong and keeping positive and keeping their faith and keeping their belief and you know going through life and using that as a tool to get through life and a lot of them do better a lot of them just do i'm not knocking facts here i'm just afraid to step over that fence and i'm just being honest just blunt brutally honest i'm afraid to step over that fence because i've been on that side of the fence before and there's just To me, there's just there's just too many things that have showed me over the years that that side of the fence is just not for me. And unfortunately, I know throughout my therapy sessions and what I've learned over the course of um you know my journey of mental health is that i'll always be stunted if i don't cross over that fence but that side of the fence is just too risky it just is you know and i have way too many fucking examples of what happens when I've tried to go to that side of the fence. So, I don't know. And hopefully, for you guys out there that you may listen, I don't know, hopefully. <laughs> um, hopefully for you, you will cross that fence and you will um, stick to the positive side of things. For me, it's just... It's not feasible. Every time I let myself hope for something better, it never comes to fruition. Every time I allow myself to dream, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work out. And it's not, it's not for the lack of trying. I've tried so many different things. And that's why I'm still in therapy today. Although I'm honestly wanting to quit therapy now, to be honest. And I know that somebody may listen to this podcast and be like, this is just too much fucking information. You need to keep that to yourself. I say this... And I'm this brutally honest. 
because this is more so for me as a personal diary and also that maybe somebody else somewhere thinks the same way that I do and so I'm speaking to them but if this is not for you then you don't have to listen but anyways um so I'll wrap this um this mellow message up by saying I'm afraid to be positive because of the cost of what it will bring me the devastation the sadness of when it doesn't work out and that, and yes I said when because I it's not about self-sabotage or um What's, what's it called? Self-sabotage and... Um, shit, I can't think of the other phrase. I'll probably think of it when I'm not recording, but whatever. Um, it's because... Just like any detective or any person that argues different points of debates... The facts prove the facts. I've gone through different things and each time the results were still the same. For, for everything so I am comfortable with just being more so on the negative side or the pessimistic side or a realist perspective so and maybe that will change I don't know but right now that's that's where I stand so that is your uh, episode uh, follow me on Facebook, The Purple Vibe. That is the official uh, podcast Facebook page. Uh, the Instagram page is Pretty Purple Princess 25. And y'all stay safe on this Labor Day weekend. And as always, stay good. <laughs>